Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everybody, it's time to believe in the Big 12. If you're a Big 12 baller, then this podcast is the place for you. Every week, we dive into the hot topics surrounding historic Big 12 football and basketball. Guest stars, former players, industry experts, conference shakeups, hoops hypotheticals, football fantasies. You name it, we have it. And in the process, we'll look at marquee matchups, roster comparisons, coaching carousels, and analysis of big time moments. You will literally feel like you're etched into the fabric of the Big 12. From the creation of basketball to history repeating itself on the gridiron, our take on all things Big 12 will have you glued to the edge of your seat. So, whether you've got a favorite Big 12 team or are just a fan of the conference, buckle up. It's going to be a wild ride. Welcome to the Believe in the Big 12 podcast, a proud member of the Believe Podcast Network. Right. Welcome to episode number 15 of the Believe in the Big 12 podcast, which is very ironic because I pretty much guaranteed that number 15, Patrick Mahomes, would be in the Super Bowl. But they're not. Joe Cool and the Cincinnati Bengals made it. And we'll have more on Cincinnati later. But not the Bengals, the Bearcats. Who are making some noise in college basketball. But anyway, on behalf of the entire Believe Podcast Network, before we kick off, I have to ask Do you believe? And more importantly, for our purposes, do you believe in the Big 12? Because the Big 12 is epic right now. We are a lucky bunch who get to follow a talent filled conference like this. Football season is in the wraps. And it was amazing. And we have our sights set squarely on college basketball now. March Madness will be here before you know it, folks. It's already February. And guess what that means for our format during college basketball season? Well, we're doing away with the ultra super massive Big 12 power rankings. Why is that? Because you can't even try to establish order in the face of a looming March Madness. It's simply too crazy. Too impossible. I mean, case in point, the top two teams in the Big 12 college basketball landscape got run out of the gym this past Saturday. Who would have predicted that? Granted, it wasn't by bad teams, but certainly expected these to be competitive until the very end. So instead, we're going to take the games as they come, make observations, make predictions solely based on faith and, and wild predictions. Okay, and a little statistics. But we're going to embrace the madness. So let's dive right in. Kansas and Baylor are still the top dogs in the Big 12. But we won't know who is the top dog until they play each other on Saturday. Baylor lost to an unranked Alabama team. And the game 
was never truly in doubt last Saturday. It just felt like Alabama was the quicker, faster team. Now, to Baylor's credit, it was on the road, and Alabama is 10-1 and at home. But still, Baylor was not on their game. As for Kansas last Saturday, well, they got manhandled by number 12 Kentucky. But here's the thing about Baylor and Kansas. They have the attention span of a goldfish. It's one thing to the next. Ten-second memory. Baylor bounced right back and beat a scrappy West Virginia team on Monday night, and Kansas beat a solid number 20-ranked Iowa State team on Tuesday night. And what was most important here is that the Jayhawks did it without Ochai Agbaji, their superstar, and the glue that holds that team together. David McCormick and Dewan Harris each scored 14 points for the Jayhawks. McCormick made all seven of his shots and had 14 rebounds, too. Jalen Wilson, well, he stepped up and scored all 13 of his points in the second half. And Christian Braun also finished with 13. This was a really important game for the Jayhawks without their superstar, Ogbaji. Because now, they'll know that they, in dire circumstances, can spread the wealth and ride their bench. Christian Braun said, We learned a lot about our team today. We learned a lot of guys can step up. Obviously, we lost a big scorer and a great player. But we knew we could get the win. That is a great mentality. Next man up. So Kansas, I will say, they did struggle with turnovers again against the Cyclones, which is really not good. It's becoming a problem. They committed 16 in a 62-61 victory over the Cyclones on January 11th. They had 16 in the first 20 minutes on Tuesday. And they couldn't stop Isaiah Brockington, who scored 24 points. Luckily for the Jayhawks, they had David McCormick, who was due for a breakout game like this, a reminder that he can still play with the big boys. He went on to say, I just kind of went into a free mentality, knowing coach put a lot of faith in me and my teammates, McCormick said, and I just made it an emphasis to dominate the game. Kansas shot 56% while holding Iowa State to 41%. Much different look than their last matchup versus the Cyclones, despite the turnovers being the same. The Cyclones will try to complete a season sweep of Texas when they face off on Saturday. And Kansas, well, they're the only team with one loss remaining in the Big 12 standings. So this weekend's matchup against Baylor is even more important. A lot of important basketball all around for these teams. And speaking of Baylor, James Akinjo He scored 25 points, and Matthew Mayer came up big with all nine of his points late for 8th-ranked Baylor. Akinjo, mark my words, is going to be a problem in March Madness. He's the type of player that could carry his team right to the Final Four, and they showed that they could win under pressure against a lesser opponent, which we all know teams have trouble doing in March. West Virginia coach Bob Huggins even knew his team put its absolute best effort out there, but that Baylor was just too good. He said, we competed like crazy today. I mean, we competed. We hung in there with our best player and one of our best players, if not the best player in the league, laying in the locker room with a concussion. Not ideal. So the fact that this game was even close, I think, is is a good thing for West Virginia's tournament hopes. But for Baylor, Matthew Mayer really stepped up, which is what you need seniors to do. And the Bears did this without key players 
L.J. Cryer and Adam Flagler on their side, which did have an impact on their defense. West Virginia Mountaineers shot a season-high 54%, 26 of 48, and made 11 of 27 three-pointers. The 11 three-pointers and their 16 assists were also season highs. But that all still wasn't enough to stop Baylor. With injured players in and out of the lineup since Big 12 play started, Drew and the Bears have found it hard to develop any rhythm in their rotation. Along with the two guards out Monday, Flagler and Cryer, while Akinjo had missed two of the previous four games after a hard fall on his tailbone, while Sochan played only his third game after missing four in a row with an ankle issue. Coach Drew said it's frustrating because you're 15-0 when you have everybody. 15-0. and And then you get people back and you lose people. And a lot of times you found out the day of the game that they can't go. So it's not like you get prep time. But we'll keep grinding. So grind they will in a road game at Allen Fieldhouse versus the Jayhawks this Saturday. West Virginia, on the other hand, they'll host number 14 Texas Tech. And that's a game I'd watch out for. West Virginia is confident that they can play with anybody after running with Baylor. And Texas Tech needs a win here for their NCAA attorney seeding hopes. That said, Texas Tech is playing its best ball at a critical juncture. So West Virginia is going to really need to step up. Two solid wins in a row for Texas Tech. One versus Mississippi State and then number 23 Texas. And boy, was the Texas game a hoot. For context, Chris Beard got on a plane 10 months ago to Austin. And Red Raiders fans have waited ever since to let him know how they felt about him leaving for their most hated rival. That's right. Chris Beard was Texas Tech's coach last year. But you can't blame Chris Beard because Texas is his alma mater. And who doesn't want to coach for their alma mater? But Texas Tech took it personally. It's like Liam Neeson said in that movie Taken, when he finally gets to the, the head boss, it was all personal to me. I mean, I mean, that's really what was going on here. Texas Tech's Kevin O'Banner had 17 points with five three-pointers as the 14th-ranked Red Raiders beat number 23 Texas 77-64. to It was an emotionally charged night. And the emotionally charged arena was packed with more than 15,000 fans who used to love the coach who took their team to the national championship game only three years ago. That's right. Chris Beard took Texas Tech to the national championship game three years ago. So this game against Texas had been sold out for weeks, and it was ruckus long before tip-off. It stayed that way through the entire victory that kept the Red Raiders undefeated at home. And this was a big-time win, not only for their Big 12 conference hopes, but their tourney hopes, like I said. Because the Red Raiders, now 17-5 and 6-3 and in the Big 12, took sole possession of third place, halfway through the conference schedule, just behind 10th-ranked Kansas and 8th-ranked Baylor. Teams that Texas Tech has beaten this season. They really spread the ball around and had a lot of players score significant points. Now, get this. Many students entered the arena. I just want to point out some hilarious things here from this emotionally charged night. Many students entered the arena by walking over a doormat with Chris Beard's face on it. Several times there were chants in unison using an expletive directed at Texas and Beard, similar to those that were heard when the Longhorns team bus arrived at the arena for a workout the previous day. 
There were other vulgar chants and a lot of boos throughout, and I can't get into those specifics. But it appeared that nothing got thrown on the court from the stands, so that's good. But Texas Tech showed me something in this game because the Texas Longhorns came into the game leading the nation, allowing only 54.5 points per game. Texas Tech had 43 by halftime after shooting a scorching 55%. And they reached 55 on another three by a banner that rattled in with 11 minutes left in the game. So they were already at Texas's average with 11 minutes left in the game. So Texas is going to need to look at its defense against elite opponents. Now let's get into Texas. Texas and Oklahoma, the two on their way out of the conference. Well, they haven't been playing their best lately. Texas beat Tennessee by one point. Okay, we'll give them credit for a win. But then they lost handily to Texas Tech in a game that should have been much closer. And Oklahoma, they were absolutely dominated by Auburn in their last matchup. I mean absolutely dominated. So it's not looking great for Texas and Oklahoma right now. Texas, you know, they still have a shot for a good spot in the tourney, but they're on their way down. And Oklahoma, they need to string together a couple good wins here. That's going to be sayonara to the NCAA tournament. And then we got Houston. Houston still looks scary. And I feel like they're really flying under the national radar. No one knows how good they are. They've won 11 in a row. Fabian White Jr. scored 16 of his career-high, tying 21 points in the first half. And number 6, Houston, beat Tulane 73-62 to on Wednesday night for its 11th straight victory. White, who's a fifth-year graduate senior, also surpassed 1,000 points in his career at Houston, who are now 19-2. You read that right, 19-2. They should be ranked higher, honestly. Here's what Fabian White had to say. He said, I'm celebrating the win more than a 1,000 points. Thank you to all my teammates getting me open and getting me good shots. See, that's, that's why Houston is good. That's their mentality. They're selfless. The only problem is depth, and their coach Kelvin Sampson admits it. But he also said that's what makes this team great, facing adversity. He said the thing that separates his team from many other squads is their willingness to defend at a high level even when shots aren't falling on offense. A Houston defense that came into the game ranked second in the nation in field goal percentage allowed and second in points allowed held UCF to 30% from the floor in the second half. And that was the difference maker that led them to a victory. So watch out for Houston relying on a stingy defense if they're having a dry spell on offense come March Madness time. The Big 12, I'm telling you, they got a lot of good teams that are ranked right now. And TCU, I want to talk about them. They honestly could be in the top 25. TCU is fourth in the Big 12 with 14.5 assists per game, led by Mike Miles, averaging four per game. And you know what they say about teams that assist? Sharing is caring. Teams that assist, persist. So again, why aren't they in the top 25? Well, the Horned Frogs are 2-2 two and two against Big 12 opponents. That's why. Isaiah Brockington and the number 15 Iowa State Cyclones just beat Miles and the TCU Horned Frogs handily. The Cyclones have gone 11-1 and one at home. And Iowa State, they rank 8th in the Big 12 in rebounding, averaging 30 rebounds. 30. That's really solid. And Brockington, he leads the Cyclone with 8 boards per game. But get this. 
In their last 10 games, this kind of goes against the argument that TCU should not be in the top 25. In the last 10 games, the Cyclones are 6-4, and four, averaging 66 points, okay, shooting 45% from the field, and their opponents have averaged 59 points per game. The Horned Frogs, they're 8-2 in the last 10 games, averaging 69 points, 40 rebounds, okay, 40. That's 10 more than Iowa State and five blocks per game while shooting 42.5% from the field. And their opponents have averaged 61 points. So if TCU keeps this stretch up, they will be in the top 25. And BYU, well, let's cover the Cougars again. Because again, they're barely outside of the top 25. They're 17-6. and six. They did suffer back-to-back losses for the first time in the coach Mark Pope era dropping a second straight WCC matchup and a physical 76-73 loss to Pacific. BYU has looked pretty inconsistent all year, and they're kind of streaky. And the difference in this game was that Pacific shot 39% from deep compared to BYU's 33%. And that was one of the difference makers in the game. BYU just needs more consistency. If they figure that out, they've got good chances to make a little bit of a run in the March Madness. And like I said, we'd be remiss if we didn't cover the Cincinnati Bearcats. They have a solid record too, sitting at 15-6. and six. That's March Madness quality there too. And David DeJulius, in their last game, he made a short floater with three seconds left to lead Cincinnati to a 60-59 to 59 win over East Carolina. DeJulius drove into the lane and lifted a floater over the defense with seven seconds to go. But the ball bounced off the iron. And then... In a scramble after that, DeJulius got the ball back and sent another floater through the net. That's awesome. That's hustle. And that's why I like Cincinnati. They hustle. So they're also a team you need to watch out for come March Madness. A nice bounce back after that difficult Temple loss. And speaking of bouncing back, let's go back to TCU for a second. Chuck O'Bannon and TCU had an excellent response to 19th ranked LSU's pressure in a comeback performance that was very impressive. At 14-4 now, coming off of an embarrassing 23-point home loss to Texas, they had their largest lead at 50-34 over the LSU Tigers after O'Bannon's third consecutive three in a 76-second span from the right wing. That's a good ability to bounce back right there and keep your head in the game. And this is an impressive thing for TCU. I'm serious. I mean, they already have two more wins than they had all of last season, and it was their second weekend in a row beating a ranked team. But how about the unranked teams? Let's talk Oklahoma State and Kansas State. They have both really fallen off after somewhat promising starts to the season. Oklahoma State is now 10-11, and 11, and Kansas State is now 11-10. and 10. Why? Because they played each other last night. So they're really just here to play spoiler at this point and mess up other team seasons. But it's not looking good. For Kansas State in their game against the Ole Miss Rebels, the Rebels had a 32-14 advantage in points in the paint. That's getting out-muscled. And for Oklahoma State, after trailing by as many as 16 points in the first half, Florida outscored them 49-27 in the second. And Oklahoma State had 12 turnovers. The Gators also made five three-pointers, were 26 of 32 shooting from the line, 
And yeah, that's 32 free throw attempts. That's an issue of in its own right. And in the second half, the Cowboys shot 7 of 24, just 29%. It's been sloppy ball, and that carried over to their matchup with Kansas State. Kansas State pulled that one out at the very end when Nigel Pack ran down a long inbounds pass, then found open space at the top of the key to bury a game-winning three-pointer with two seconds left to give Kansas State a hard-fought 71-68 win. But still, these two teams, the Wildcats and the Cowboys, they have a lot to look at. They're middle to low end of the pack in the Big 12. And if they don't start figuring things out real quick, they're going to stay there. Kansas State travels to Fort Worth on Saturday to face TCU. And the Cowboys, who have now lost four straight, they play host to rival Oklahoma on Saturday. And last but not least, let's talk about UCF. They looked like a tourney team last time I checked. But now, they've dropped two straight. Houston manhandled them last Saturday. And, you know, we talked about this earlier. Houston is good. So, it's not too much to be ashamed of. But UCF, now 12-7, and seven, lost its second straight game and for a third time in the past five games. The Knights, who beat Miami, Michigan, and Memphis earlier in the season, lost to Houston for a fourth straight time and a ninth time in the past 10 meetings. And Coach Johnny Dawkins of UCF, he knows how good they are. And this, this, again, speaks to the high praise of Houston that I gave earlier. You really need to watch out for them. Dawkins had to say, they're a top 10 team in the nation, and they're that good. We've faced a lot of good teams, and I don't think we've faced anyone better than them. I think that's a good place to leave things this week, people, because I am high on Houston, and I'm very excited for this Baylor to Kansas showdown that we've got on Saturday, as well as all the other exciting play that's going on in the Big 12, and in the country for that matter. But to recap, folks, we are on to basketball, which quite frankly is a madhouse that will only get madder as we approach March. So get excited for more basketball coverage in the coming weeks. And remember, be sure to share the episode with a fellow Big 12 baller. Stay tuned for more shenanigans, and thanks for listening. Be sure to go to the Believe Podcast Network socials and the website to check this episode out and all the other great content we have there. And remember, I'll catch you on the flip side when some crazy stuff has gone down. Have a great weekend, y'all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.